I was watching Ben Chilwell pull his hamstring and then carry to the tunnel and he was practically dead. Yeah, she's when he had passed away. Like that, that word was used. Oh, it's, a, it's a tragedy. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. Alan Quillen is with us. Alan, good morning to you. How are you? That's how are you? Nathan is a, a football man, right? That's his main sport. But for once, he's made a very, very good point about rugby. And I think wow. he, he, it's like what's rare is wonderful. What's rare is wonderful, Alan. He was making the point Jimmy O'Brien was supposed to play for the A team. And if he played in the A team, everybody would have been going, geez, Jimmy's not great, is he? And then all of a sudden he gets catapulted into the senior team. Everybody's going, wow, Jimmy's amazing. So very hard to take it's, too it's much from the A team performances on an individual. Uh, Great point. Uh, it is, yeah, and and maybe Friday night like was a tough night for him, and and probably on reflection afterwards when I watched the game back on on Saturday morning, it was a tough night for him for a number of reasons. Obviously, physically, um, they were they lost the battle in in the collisions, the breakdown, stuff like that, and then they played a side who all their players in New Zealand they're all playing Super Rugby, they're all starting in their Super Rugby teams. A lot of some of these the Irish players are not starting when everyone's available no. in their provinces. You made a great point pre-game, I think, about um, the chippiness of certain players getting selected for the A team. In your day, traditionally, everybody would have been like, "Why should we be in the senior team?" Bit of bitterness, yeah. Yeah, with, yeah. with the All Blacks, there's like a it's lot of different. those players. It's different for the Irish players. They're like, "Oh, this is my chance to see what it's all about." And so. it's a bit different, Jared, now because they're, they're it's Team Ireland. They're all together. They're training together. Back traditionally, we would have been completely separate. We would have been given out uh, both the hotels we were in, <laughs> the, the travel we would have had to do, um, all that stuff. Great night, Friday night after you play the A game, yeah. and then you go to the international if you're away in France or in in, the, in England or wherever. But um, yeah, it was a learning curve from. It doesn't necessarily make them bad players because a lot of them, you know, it, it was their opportunity. And maybe I was a little bit negative. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of thought about it afterwards. Was I uh, being a bit harsh on them? It wasn't. Re- you know, you're not judging players individually. I think collectively they were all off a little bit, and it was something that they really need to understand. It's no harm. Like no, that, it's that not, happens no. to them in that. Uh, can you understand? Like, is 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 the understanding that they're thrown together and it's very like Ireland is so system based and knowing what your exact role is all the time and those alongside you that if, if everything isn't in place it can fall apart quite easily well, I, I put it this way Nathan if they played again this week it, you'd get a reaction mm. you'd get a much more uh, energetic type um, alertness around the breakdown around some of the New Zealand players their strengths and stuff like that I would imagine it would have been a really kind of positive week being in with the seniors and Andy Farrell and the other coaches training them. And maybe they just mentally expected it to happen being at home in the RDS. Um, I'm sure they were very conscious and aware. I'm not saying they weren't conscious and aware of when you're playing New Zealand. New Ze- any sort of New Zealand team can do that to you at any stage. You know, um, in the ITM Cup, if you brought one of those teams up, Super Rugby, they can cut you apart when they get on the front foot. So I just think they lost kind of early collisions. The way the game started and it just kind of petered out for them and they saw vulnerability. They saw a little bit of uh, fragility in the, in the Ireland defensive setup um, because there's some very good players. You pick someone like Nick Timoney and, and, and um, 
Gavin Coombs, Kean Prendergast, the back row, obviously where I played, could those guys play for the national team? Of course they can. You know, Nick Timoney's been in around the squad, brilliant for Ulster. You know, you see him up against big South African teams, he stands out, he's physical, brilliant ball carrier. They were all just quiet, so collectively they were all off it a little bit, um, particularly up front. And when you see an, a, a team that's getting counter Dave Heffernan took a quick penalty at one stage in in the second half, and within that that first action, that rock was a turnover. Five yards out, you don't see that. That's like should never happen against anyone because all the forwards are so close together. It just summed up. Um, a bit of kind of aggression that was needed there but they learn from it and it doesn't mean you know Andy Farrell said himself a bit of a harsh lesson for them they learn from that that you need to be kind of emotionally right up for these games I've just never trusted these games since Matt Letizia got that hat-trick for England uh, before the World Cup in 98 and they still didn't pick him in the squad so it was pointless it was absolutely pointless <clears throat> but there's obviously a, a much greater plan in place here when you look at going to New Zealand and playing the two games against the Maoris, having an emerging Ireland team, having the A game on Friday night, Definitely. that as much as performance and they want the result, that actually Farrell sees a huge benefit of having these guys in, learning off him, Paul O'Connell, off the senior management team. Yeah, and I've always said this before, like when you're in training with the Irish squad and you see, um, it's the same even in the provinces when young players get called up from the academy and they see kind of the way guys go about their business, the way they do their, their weight sessions, their fitness stuff, uh, the nutrition, all that kind of stuff is sometimes, it, it's, a, it is, it's a really important learning part for young players. And for players being in around the squad, I think um, very positive end to the tour in New Zealand with the with the second string, uh, winning against the Maoris after a really tough start. And Friday night was kind of like the first Maori game, probably a little bit more ruthless from the, that New Zealand side, but... That first Maori game was there was a you know they were kind of blown away a little bit. Great reaction to win in the in the second one. Emerging Ireland really positive. So it's a bit of a learning curve for him. And um, well, he has strength and depth. Uh, um, David Nusifor, who in fairness has had a lot of criticism on this show, uh, has has spoken about what you know do do the same thing, expect the same results, do something different, trying like and we've said it, Jer, haven't we? You know, after the last World Cup, what what can we do different? What can Ireland do? Well, they've done something. Do we need to pick overseas players. Do we need to? Yeah. There was talks at one stage about a, a fifth province. I mean, I still think they should buy London Irish. It's a uh, it, it probably get a pennies in the dollar at the moment you know yeah. anyway but I, that, that's not going to happen uh, and this stuff is different and it's great and um, you know the provinces weren't happy with the emerging Ireland thing Munster were probably the hardest hit yeah. given that they needed those guys and, and with a lot of injuries they had but you know if we're talking after a World Cup next year and say well why didn't we get past the quarter final we're kind of shaking the tree a little bit looking for different things to do here Yeah, and they have to be commended for that and even what happened on Friday night will be very beneficial when you, when you think about it afterwards it'll be very beneficial for some of those players really kind of for them mentally to know because techni- of course technically you know the New Zealanders had a lot of X factor Sean Stevenson the wing sensational player Ruben Love at full back he's only 21 he's been cutting it up for yeah. the Hurricanes as well so when they got on the front foot they were Alan's lethal Alan's nephew looks like a yeah, player AJ too AJ Lamb they were lethal um, let's talk about the, the main team right because um the performance was a completely different performance from some of the other performances that we've seen from Ireland and there's been this kind of uh, 
residual issue where we're terrified of the big physical teams. Leinster repeatedly coming up against big physical teams, Saracens, uh, La Rochelle, Saracens, La Rochelle, uh, Ireland, Manitoulagi, the ghosts from um, various times that he's come up with the Vinopolas. Uh, and this was the biggest test that we can possibly have. This is an even bigger team where everybody is absolutely massive apart from um, the wingers. And we stood up to them. Now that's like the single most important thing that happened. Yeah, and I think it's um, it's what we needed. I think it was really important. We needed that bit of a dogfight as well because, um, you know, if you go back five years ago, Ireland won 38-3. We, we were... We were flying at 17, 18 was a brilliant year. And then, um, you know, we, we, we're getting asked hard questions now and we're answering them. And I think the, the resilience, the character, and this is a backup of, this gives them more of a foundation to say that, you know, even what happened in New Zealand was, we're, we're up there now, we're able to mix it at the moment. Of course, we want it to happen at the World Cup. We, we, we need a big performance if we get to a, if we get to a quarterfinal. Yeah. Um, against you know New Zealand or France, we we need that big performance. Then we need it in, in, at that moment. So, but I think Johnny Sexton made a very good point. You don't get you for certain players, they don't get opportunities. It can change very very quickly for Ireland, and it's you have to win, and it's great to win these big matches. So I think um, the physical side of it, and given you're missing at Henshaw and Aki, who are really really physical for Ireland. Um, very important for them. Jimmy O'Brien was was unbelievable when he came on, um, and it's not alone South Africa's f- uh, strength and size; it's their power. I think they're very explosive. Um, we got a different test when Fury came on and and Quagga Smith. We now had two fetchers against us, and they got a couple of turnovers in the end. So, um, really stressed. I think Finley Beelam was was outstanding um, up against Kitsoff. Um, the way he scrummaged, he got caught at one scrum penalty against him. He won two, yeah, yeah. But he, he won two penalties there as well. Um, so, you know, Furlong. We've always said if Furlong isn't on the team, we're screwed. Uh, but actually, we're not anymore. I mean, obviously, you won. Still a massive yeah. loss. Yeah. Still a massive know, like, loss because it's, it's, it's his play around the field as well. The way he wraps guys up and tackles and and impact tackles as well, Furlong. But. Um, you know, down to the bare bones a little bit. You know, we we need to get Henderson back as well. He'll give a little bit more depth in 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 that second row. It felt like that's why Ron it was so impressive that it was it was World Cup esque in a way that like, we're talking about winning the quarterfinal. You want to win a semi final final. You're not going to have three, four otherworldly performances. Sometimes you just got to grind it out in a tough game while you're missing a few players. Yeah, I just thought the way they they dug in there and they stopped their mall and Nathan was really impressive. It's at times it was just wave after wave of these pods of runners coming around the corner, and um, they're so direct and so physical that you know Ireland were hanging on there. They they were sore boys at say on Sunday morning because um, they're very effective at that. And then Dialende at twelve, um, Jesse Creel, they're very powerful players as well. Dialende, the man, he had a little bit of a, and then yeah, you see Dialende running into him. But then kind of I thought Gary Ringros was, was was he showed his leadership qualities. You know when when uh, McCluskey went off, he went in at twelve. He's carrying, he's tackling, he's decision making. When to give the pass, when not to give the pass. He he was absolutely brilliant as well. You know I give man of the match to Josh Van der Fleer. It could have been James Ryan. It could have been Caelan Doris. It could have been Gary Ringros. Um, 
Hugo Keenan was brilliant. Could have been Jameson Gibson Park. Yeah, when he came on, yeah, he was sensational. But I just thought it was so attritional up front. I think it had to go to forward. I Fair think Van yeah. I mean, Fleer getting the try. Uh, um, the way he, even without the ball, um, you know, he made, he was the top tackler on the team. But he also, you know, supported so many guys carrying the ball into the ruck. Was first player there cleaning out the ruck. His entry points in the ruck. What changed for Ireland in the second half was their speed of delivery. I think seventy something percent I can't remember the exact figure I saw this graphic coming up on the screen um, their breakdown was, was less than three seconds right. and then you have Gibson Park just yeah. springing around the place and they asked some questions obviously to try a little bit contentious their talks of maybe was, was it forward from Andrew Porter well, Finley Bielham is standing with his back towards the South African line it's the foot in the it's, rook that Razzie's bitching about He's he uh, correct. He's correct. He is yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah, because Mustard um, <laughs> South Africa got <laughs> pinged for one of them. But yeah, but like, do you think Colby should have been sent off? I thought he should have been sent off. I thought it was no. I didn't think he should have been he protect sent him? off. Um, I thought um, the force into the ground wasn't what it, what it what would require a red card. What would give you a red card? I thought Mac Hansen was able to put his arm out as well. But he did come down kind of... It was very reckless. and dangerous. Could have been a red card, Nathan. Could have been. But if you ask me now and at that point, should this guy get a red card? I would say no. I say yellow. Uh, Peter Steff de Toit could have went with him. He could have given two yellows. So there's three things could have happened. Two other things could have happened. It could have been two yellows or it could have been a red for Colby. And... Yeah. They wouldn't have, you wouldn't be much argument about it afterwards. Well, Razzie likes to argue. That's his shtick. He's got a Do you know what Razzie does? He actually says what we, f- what all of us feel when we watch a game. Oh, Ireland should have had a penalty there, or that scrum should have went it differently, or in soccer that wasn't an offside, or VAR got that wrong. You know where we have a chat amongst yeah. each other. Razzie, as director of rugby, he kind of lets it out into the public that which coaches don't do. Coaches in all sport are furious after the game. It takes time for them to calm down and they have to go BPC. Sure, yeah. But then calmly, Razzie takes it to social media hours later and is like, well, I'm just going to put the bomb out there and see what happens. Part of me loves it. (laughs) Well, the only thing is, right, if, if, if you do it, you have to take the consequences of it. So what he's doing is eroding the confidence that the public has in the referee. He's, he's, it's wild conspiracy. It's Donald Trump. That's what this is. Yeah. It's eroding people's uh, belief in the systems. And that the reality is now you're not going to get, like all the referees are, have obviously would have spoken about what happened on the lines and this one will come up again. And it's that 50-50 call that you might want in a big game. He's trying to put pressure there, yeah, for sure. It's clearly designed to influence future refereeing decisions. This isn't just whining to show what a great lad to the South African fans he is. It's clearly designed to influence future refereeing decisions. And if that's if that's the rules of engagement, then that's fine, but it's going to happen right across the board. Unless World Rugby comes and says, we told you, don't do this again. We banned you for six months. You've done it again. You can't come. You're banned again. Like... Does, does it have any difference in influence though than yes. Joe Schmidt going to World Rugby as he would say after every Ireland game where he'd have their own report on the referee? But you're allowed to do that. I, know, yeah. I, I understand but that gets back to the referees. That There's an understanding Ireland, of Ireland the will, questions will, and the pressure. Ireland will, will um, have a number of things on Saturday that they will report back. So that, that happens standard. 
Um, I think when it comes out in the public, you're you're also giving the fans a bit more um, fuel to start kind of barking on social media as well. Look, there's a South African guy who's making videos at the weekend. Again, he does it after loads of games. The, the um, guy who's not Razzie. Yeah, well, I think it came on so quickly after the game. There was no way Razzie could have made that those oh. videos. But... You know, you can pick out loads of things in rugby. Side entries are the, are the biggest one. And they're showing they're not going to go quietly at the World Cup. Like, there's no way Razzy Rasmus is taking a World Cup defeat no, next year look, quietly. Um, that's that's what he's doing. And uh, as I said, part of me loves the fact that he highlighted something here that was I couldn't see it in commentary because we don't give. It's afterwards that picture comes up, not not while we're on comms. But Dan Sheehan did kick the ball out of the breakdown. Um, and they got pinned for one that was probably more clearer and there wasn't as many yeah. I don't know where the referee was standing for the, that one but the next one was was clearly kicked out of the breakdown and penalised yeah yeah. if you're a coach there I'll ask you if you're a coach and you see that yourself though what are you feeling well, what I feel is different from what I tell everybody okay. publicly what I tell so, everybody publicly of is course, like, yeah. and what the message to your team is that we got that's the point some coaches most coaches come out and they have to bite their lip and the other thing is right do I have a track record of like leaking it was brilliant though the video <laughs> like an hour long video where I'm not saying it's right but it was brilliant and like so so you think still his players are on side with what he's doing they're like yeah they, they believe in him and uh, I think that they you know, the, the they have a very very tight uh, seem to be very tight uh, knit bunch you go back honestly being in South Africa in 2016 and what we did to them in 2017 they were in turmoil and a lot of really good players in the field badly coached I think and with respect to Alistair Kutsia who was very nice to us on that tour when we were there in 2016 I was there for Sky and I was doing the commentary he was very welcoming as the opposition manager to the media and stuff Um they were in a tough place. They were in a difficult place. They weren't organised. And what Rassi Erasmus and Jack Nienenberg have done, they just seem to have a swagger about them. They're so well coached. Um, their yeah. pressure on the opposition, their kick chase, the type of players that they're getting to developing. Um, you know, they've done a brilliant job there. So they were on it on, at the weekend. They really wanted to win in Dublin to make a statement. Um, and I think that's the impressive part. Ireland were under so much pressure at times. Um, they had a long, long periods in the Ireland half and, and in the first half of the game. And Ireland kind of stood up to that. At full time, Willie LaRue was going absolutely crazy with, with the referee. Which he does. And, and he, he, I just thought that. I saw him do some of that stuff in the rugby championship. He's he does a lot of wind in Villarreal. He made a big difference when when he came on. He looked very very dangerous. Um, the game was opened up a little bit, and they were really throwing caution to the wind. And it sometimes it 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 is you have to ask the question if South Africa kind of played like they did when they're chasing the game, and this is re- the real intrigue. Would they put twenty thirty points on teams? You know, if they start like that... We had Joel Stransky on Friday night talking about how everybody in South Africa is dying to see what happens with uh, Willems at, at 10 because it's going to be a different game. It's somebody who's like really keen to get the ball out. He played really badly, I thought. Uh, you know, was under pressure, kept getting blocked down, missed kicks. Um, if if they they were talking about... Uh, so their 13 is, is injured at the moment and not playing, who they think... Lucano Wam, yeah, who's a wonderful player. He's they a, have Matty, Matty Libok then the Stormers fly half as well and there's... There's people calling for him to come in there. So it'll be a different team that we play in a year's time because they'll... 
of, of maybe they're telling me they won't play Andre Pollard at the World Cup. Maybe they pick Andre Pollard. He well, kicks all his goals and they win eighteen sixteen, and we're like, ah. Oh. The uh, South Africa rugby magazine Zellum Nell uh, was questioning the selection and said, "Is it possible that Erasmus used Saturday to show Ireland something different to what he's planned for them in France next year? Could it be the obvious pitfalls of launching the Colby experiment this week was part of a probe to see how Ireland would respond? Surely the box coaches clearly understood the potential implications to the defence and kicking game. Or are the wheels coming off? Has doubt crept in, and are the box coaches starting to panic?" Drama, I think, and rubbish. <laughs> I think you don't pick a team now and say, "Of course, if you, if you, if if Henry Potter was available, and they played Villamsa, then they're telling everybody we're looking at a different option. We're trying to get a bit of depth here, seeing if we need to do things differently." But that's not the case. Um, Ireland kicked the ball twenty-three times from 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 hand on Saturday. South Africa kicked it twenty-two times. When you're in the kind of early 20s, that's not a lot of kicking in the game. We've gone away from that. Um, I think you have to kick. Why did he pick Conor Murray at the start? Um, experience, I think. Um, because Gibson Park defensively, yeah, I think so. And I think they were looking at the impact. Whereas if you're taking starting Gibson Park and you're bringing Conor Murray on, it's a different type of impact. You're closing out a game with respect to Conor Murray more, yeah. and whereas Gibson Park can run and he's quicker, and um, you know he's been he's been superb, and I thought Conor Murray played really well at the, at the, in that game. He won kind of box kick that was a little bit longer, but I thought you, you, you could, Ireland could not go out the other day, and the game was not going to be about. Um, throwing the ball around early on you had to be really kind of on the money with your set piece your defensive stuff your breakdown and your kicking game so it was going to be that type of game early on in the first and half it was we, going to take time to, to, to open things up a little bit we did actually go wide early a lot and, the passing, times, yeah. and the passing wasn't great like you would say that Ireland you know what Ger, I would say the passing maybe was a tiny bit off but their defence was incredibly aggressive it's a fair point but even even with the aggressive defence like the, the a lot of passes in the first half didn't go to hands in a way that you think maybe if this was our third game you know because it yeah they're go- and I said this last week it's when you come together they haven't been together since you know um, since the summer um, big high and it takes time it's it's always the start of the Six Nations as well you're not really sure who's going to hit the ground running preparation is short um, Ireland have a better situation than most other nations because they have 12-13 guys who are starting for Leinster um, so that cohesiveness is a little bit easier but yeah. it's different calls different game plan different structure um, and you know when you think of of those things you're playing South Africa it was very impressive and right back to the very start of what we said we needed a bit of a dogfight like this we needed to be stressed we needed no ha- uh, I don't think you need it but I'll go back to what I said Henshaw is an absolutely incredible player with the ball without the ball his decision making his physicality Aki his power as well you bring in McCluskey and he's starting great and I think even standing close to him on Saturday in a warm up there he looks in unique kind of physical he was always a big man but he's kind of you can see he's in incredible shape you know um, it's unfortunate for him I hadn't heard he's playing really well for yeah. Ulster this year this was a brilliant opportunity for him yeah like you would you would say that he's right there now that he's he's that fourth 
centre that Ireland needs. Um, yeah, because Chris Farrell has gone out of the picture and he was there at the World Cup for Ireland and you think he was kind of the one that was there. But McCluskey is right there now and... Um, you know, it was a shame for him. Um, but also, see, Ian Henderson, we need more depth on Saturday. You know, we're stretched a little bit. James Ryan, Who's I Who's Henderson replacing? I'm not saying he's replacing neither Tygborne or James uh, or, um, or James Ryan. But he's a, he's a British and Irish line, Nathan. He's a physical player. He's a very skillful player. We need more depth there. Well, Kieran Treadwell came off the bench. So if we go down long... You're 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 down to Ryan Bear, Joe McCarthy. They're young players still. I think that experience we we need that in the next twelve months. And Henderson, he's had a lot of bad injuries, and he's a very very good player. You could um, you could put Tygburn in the back row, and suddenly Peter Manny's on the bench, or Kenny Doris is on the bench. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden it's like wow, we've got that. But well, that's what I'm wondering when you look at the performances those guys are putting in for every game with Ireland at the moment. It seems very hard to find what your best five there would be. Which is at the moment what? they're the best five because they've they've beaten mm. New Zealand the last two two games and they've beaten South Africa the World Champions so they're the best five at the moment. I think James Ryan's form with Leinster and with Ireland he's getting that z- real zip back in his game. His work rate is through the roof. I think he was brilliant um, again on Saturday and that's a really really big positive for Ireland. Um, Caelan Doris was you know what a footballer as well he is oh, that, oh, that was that was sensational uh, <clears throat> Des Kirby's hi lads hope you're well thanks Des hope you're well too uh, could you ask Alan Quinlan why didn't Ireland play Joey Carby against South Africa from the start we know what the brilliant Johnny Sexton brings Joey needs time at 10 the number 10 debate which is as old as Irish going, yeah I think they wanted to win the game first and foremost and um, unless Johnny Sexton and you know gets an injury and rules him out he's going to be starting at the World Cup so I think um, Carby started in France last year did really well and I just think he he's trying to pick his best team here for South Africa yeah well I think the South African game is like um, we're supposed to be the world number one and they're the world champions and beat the Lions let's let's pick our best team for that I can understand why he did it right but you think that for the next two games Frawley starts next week. You'll Carver start starts the week after. You'll start with uh, picking from England, picking for France and the Six Nations again. Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. Well, I have to see. You have to see what it's like, right? Yeah. He did well in Paris, didn't he? Um, they lost the game narrowly. Um, Put Sexton on the bench for those games. Yeah, and that's. Pr- I, I think it will happen a little bit. There will be a bit of. But is this not down to Joey Carberry? Like, we're 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 debating three four weeks ago. Like, is Joey Carberry Munster's best out half? Uh well. Like, uh, I think he, he needs to be. He needs to put himself in a position uh, over the Christmas that we're going into the Six Nations, and there's at least a, he's in such form that you go, all right, this guy might be the form number ten in Ireland right now. But at the moment, he's miles behind Sexton. It's difficult for him with Munster as well, you know, because no. they are under that kind of pressure, you know. So um, it's it, it invariably it ends up being stop start for 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 Joey with 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 um, the Munster stuff, then not playing games, um, injuries he's had, so. Look, I, um, I, he's he is at Munster's best fly half, and I think he is a wonderful player. And I think I'd have no issue with him going in there. I, you know, you'd be a little bit nervous. I think Sexton's presence is is really important to this Irish team. He's the captain as well. He drives them, um, but I wouldn't have started him if you asked me this last week. Would you start Joey Carberry? Not, not for that game. I think. Um, Sexton needed to be on the field. He was fit. He was available. 
And that's what Ireland have to do at the moment. I think, you know, bring bring Carberry in for some of the Six Nations for sure and, and, and switch it around a little bit. But they want to keep this momentum going and this debate will come on about, um, you know, we're peaking early and what's next year going to be like. Who knows? Well, that's the question. Can you imagine? We're, 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 can, can you imagine we're, like, you go, you beat, Austria, you beat Fiji, you beat Australia, you're heading into the Six Nations, oh, we're going to rest Johnny Sexton, bring Carbon England in, come you to lose. Dublin and beat us. And suddenly all the momentum you've spent two years building, like, that's far more damaging potentially than actually... Yeah, but how do you control that? What, what do you do? Say, well, we lose these games now and we win the Six Nations. Saying, you just got to keep winning. Yeah, and I, mean, I think the they're very aware of it. I think the public are very aware of it, the media... And it is what it is. I but think Ireland sorry, just got to try, try and keep building and really hope they can keep that momentum. Greg London says, brilliant rugby on Saturday, but what is different this time around from four years ago? The way we're playing. That's the fundamental. Well, there's two things, I think. We know, we, we have that game in, our, in the locker where we can box kick and we can, we can be pragmatic. Um, but we now have... We can now stretch teams more. I think the accuracy of passing and the ability, even under pressure, even the that line speed they got on Saturday by Jesse Creel and Dialenda and Mapimpi. Even you remember the Hugo Keenan one, the first half where he just got ball. If he could have got the pass away, you're thinking try time to Balakun. Mapimpi gets a tackle right. Um, again, they can be a little bit sharper there, maybe a little bit deeper, but I think we're playing differently. Like I go back to New Zealand. The way they held on to the ball in Wellington, the options. And it wasn't wide, wide stuff. It was small, intricate plays down the blind side. Yeah. Uh, runners on the inside, support play, anticipation. That attacking stuff is is in, in better shape than it was in 2019. So that's what's different. And the strength and depth is the other we're, thing. Yeah, we're a couple of injuries away from from losing a game and being in a bit of turmoil because there's certain areas we don't have depth in. Um, Can I ask you about the wings? and Balakou's performance this is not James Lowe as well remember well, that and Conway and Earls and there's a lot of players in that position did Balakou do enough to put himself to the top of the pile didn't really get many options at all um, he was quiet in the game because he didn't um, I think he did well under the high ball he dropped one um, so not really a test for him for some strange reason he didn't have a lot to do there was a lot more going on on Max, Mac Hansen's side of the wing and obviously Hansen finishes the try, but Balakun didn't get a lot to do. But is it Hansen plus one then? Hansen always starts at the moment. Yeah, I think. Well, James Lowe will come back into the side because I just think he's physicality and he obviously the big left uh, boot. Yeah, and and plus plus he 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 tidied up the defensive kind of issues. They weren't they weren't a physical thing that he was afraid to tackle, or it was just timing stuff and 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 um, getting his positioning right. Um, so I think James Law and Mac Hansen are the two starters at the moment. A uh, quick word about England, who were beaten by Argentina. Does this matter for them? How much does it matter for them? What, what's the... I, you know, I looked at the press reaction yesterday and even um, Eddie Jones in his press conference was talking it down a little bit and saying, obviously, it's not ideal. There's a lot of stuff that's nearly clicking for them. And somebody asked him about the World Cup and he said, it's 11 months away. That's a long time, he said. So he seems pretty comfortable. And you can put so much emphasis on uh, selection and different types of players. And you could never write England off from assembling a squad, even if there's younger players or new guys come in and go to a World Cup and do something. Um, So it's not ideal for them. 
but I think people forget here that Argentina were always going to be a serious threat. If if you know we played Argentina last November, we beat them very convincingly, fifty three seven I think it was. Um, but what Argentina did in the rugby championship, winning in New Zealand, running South Africa close a couple of times, the Australia games as well, they were. You know, beating Australia in, in, in Argentina. They're yeah. a very, very good side now, Argentina. Yeah. But not good for England at the moment. Question marks again about what he's doing and the plan that... Um, he's a World Cup coach, though, really. Like, his interest... He, the Six Nations, they don't have that same obsession about the Six Nations and position in the Six Nations as we do, like, in terms of the prize money being so important to the RFU. It might be next That's because we've always been an underdog, haven't we? Do you know what I mean? And when you're an underdog to win something or be there or thereabouts, you know, how many Grand Slams have we won? Three. So, you know what I mean? If we're in a position to win a Grand Slam, we have to try and take it or a yeah. Triple Crown. It's big for us because, you know, traditionally there... Um, and it, the mental switch about World Cups, well, it, that's been there for a long time, you know. It, World Cups I was at, 03, 07. I remember in 07, leaving the Radisson in, in Dublin here we're going to try and win this and get beyond the quarterfinal and everyone was determined so 15 was the same 11 in New Zealand that was the one yeah I think 11 and 15 were the ones where you play Wales in the quarterfinal and Argentina that but even by the time we got to the Argentina the four injuries and the suspension had kind of uh, but that was a very good Welsh side as well who probably should have beaten France in a semi-final Warburton was sent off so they could have easily been in a final and Ah, look um, we're, we're, small we're margins, but anyway, pan next. Ele- eleven months away, but it was a good start to November. Look for at how Ireland. deep the trauma is that after we beat the best <laughs> team in the world, we're like, yeah, yeah, the World Cup. Where could it all go wrong? The, here's the list. <laughs> Not a bad weekend, though. No, it was a good weekend. Yeah, Villa did a good job on United for me, and uh, Liverpool struggled. You're a Villa fan, of course. I am. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Happy days. Oh, yeah. You, you, you forget about uh, it for long for, periods, but this morning uh, is not all for, out there. For, for the general public, United fans, it's just for my mates. If if anyone's taking offence, they're always slagging me when Liverpool lose. So um, I didn't send any text messages yesterday. Anyway, I just stay quiet. You can do it today. Today's no, I won't. Bit. No, Southampton will come and beat us in, in Anfield on Saturday, but. It was a good weekend for Ireland anyway and a good start. Pretty good stuff. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.